Greetings, soul sisters, spiritual brethren, and non-binary siblings. This is the Queer Ritual Podcast, a place to discuss healing, spiritual practices, guided meditations, and self-empowerment with a queer-minded focus. Allies are welcome, too. I'm your host, Ricky B. Malone. My pronouns are he, they. I'm a Reiki master, intuitive healer, and master esthetician based out of the East Coast of the U.S. My goal with this podcast is to empower others to discover their true selves and live the lives they truly want. Welcome to episode three of the podcast. This one I am titling, Finding Your Voice. I clearly have the gift of gab, but it hasn't always been this way. During my early childhood, I was very talkative, but I vividly remember in fourth grade, my teacher, who I'm not going to say her name, uh, she would just get aggravated at me talking. Now, granted, I was a gifted child, and I was probably interrupting her a lot, or she was getting annoyed with me knowing answers to questions before other students in the class had a chance to speak. I mean... Regardless, what had ended up happening in fourth grade, though, was that she gave me low conduct scores and during a parent-teacher conference specifically drove home the point that I needed to stop talking, which then led to my mother driving home the point, you know, you can't make all A's in class, but then have this bad conduct grade. It looks bad. So, you know, you're making me look bad as a mother. It was one of those things. And from that point on, I just immediately became a very quiet kid. It was like, okay, if nobody respects my voice, then I won't use it. Um, I am naturally more introverted than extroverted. I, I am okay in small group interactions, but in large groups, I can get very immediately overwhelmed. Um, but also, on my mom's side of the family... We have a lot of very strong female characters, <laughs> strong female voices, I guess is the right way to put it. So I'm talking about my grandmother, my mother, my aunts, and then my sister and my female cousins. They're very outspoken in my family. And, you know, I appreciate that. I, I love a strong woman. Uh, but the flip side of that is that... They haven't always valued me having my own input or speaking up for myself. I've been put in this situation where knowing who I am and speaking about who I am is all of a sudden an affront to their own sense of how the family's supposed to work. Um, and, you know, with my mom's mental health issues, it was very much a situation of my way or the highway. So... I quickly learned at home not to use the word no, you know, not to stand up for myself. And whatever mom said, I had to do, right? Um, yeah, that's not the best way to work. It's like as you get older, you eventually end up in situations where you need to use the word no and you need to speak up for yourself. It's like if you're not going to speak up for yourself, who's going to speak up for you, right? And I ended up developing full-blown social anxiety disorder. And I am in a very good place now. That took a lot of work. 
I am planning on doing an episode just on anxiety, so I'm not going to talk specifically in this one about how I overcame my social anxiety. I'm more talking about how to love your own voice and how to respect your own voice. Now, me having an androgynous voice, I do get misgendered a lot. I have mentioned I use he-they pronouns. I fully acknowledge the feminine side of myself, and I don't fit the mold of your stereotypical American male, and I'm okay with that. Um, But I do get called ma'am a lot, especially in situations where someone can only hear my voice and not see my face. But it dawned on me one day, it's like, there's worse things to be called than a woman. So I don't find ma'am as an insult. I don't find soy boy or whatever else as an insult, being called a beta or a soy boy. I just find that whole concept of alpha masculinity to be silly and arbitrary. You know, the the cultural norms of how a man is supposed to behave and be brought up, those are cultural. Those are social constructs. There is no one natural way to be a man. And... I think plenty of gay men can probably relate to what I'm about to say. A lot of us hate our voices because no matter what we do to our looks and our bodies to try to fit into that hyper-masculine ideal or that straight-passing ideal or whatever, you know, it's usually our voices that give it away. It's like if you have an effeminate voice or an expressive voice or you put a lot of emphasis on your S's, it's like all of a sudden people know that you're gay, whether you're ready for them to know or not. So it ends up in this glass closet situation sometimes. I mean, honestly, with myself, I was definitely outed before I was even out to myself in certain situations. I remember being asked, are you gay? Long before I was actually out of the closet. And then also... Within Lao culture, uh, there is the third gender term, gatui, which is ladyboy in English. And I do recall situations where family members were using that word referring to me, uh, not thinking that I understood. And I also remember my mom getting really upset about them using that word to refer to me. Now, I don't freaking care if someone calls me a ladyboy. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Because the thing is, Me learning to love myself includes me learning to love my voice. And the fact that I have a voice that can express itself both as masculine and feminine, I find that to be a really beautiful thing. Uh, Yeah, it's like, if I can't love myself, who else is going to love me? And that practice of self-love is really important. Uh, Within the chakra system and within Reiki, I have had Reiki practitioners tell me like, oh, your throat chakra is blocked. And looking back on my life, of course it is. I was put into so many situations where I was told that my voice wasn't okay or that I needed to butch up or I needed to man up or I needed to learn how to speak up for myself or whatever. You know, it's like the the boys don't cry mentality as well. That was another thing. It was, 
I wasn't allowed to express my emotions in a healthy manner. And that also affected how I used my voice and how I looked at my voice. I am an emotional being and I'm okay with that now. But there was a period in my life where I felt that that wasn't okay. I felt icky that I had my feelings. Um, And I felt icky that I was constantly being called ma'am and whatnot. But, like I had said, it's like that practice of self-love. Self-love includes loving your voice. And for those of us in the queer community who have a touch-and-go relationship with our voice, whether that's gay men or non-binary folks or trans people, you know, our voices can be something that outs us. It can get rid of our sense of safety. You know, we can do all that we can to try to fit in or to not stand out, but our voices sometimes are what immediately outs us to people. But I'm trying to make the point here that self-love includes loving your voice. You know, um, you can also practice self-love with your throat chakra. You know, practicing meditation, but having either each hand on your collarbones to just feel that area. Or you can put uh, one hand slightly above your heart while you meditate and send love to your voice. You can chant scripture or recite mantras, you know, Sanskrit mantras, or even just, you know, you can make a mantra to yourself in English, like saying to yourself, I love my voice and I express myself freely. I love my voice and I express myself freely. I love my voice and I express myself freely. Singing is another option, you know. If you're alone and nobody's listening, sing your heart out. That's learning to love your voice. If you can't sing, whatever. Who's listening? If you're by yourself, I mean. (laughs) Yeah, who's listening? Lord knows I sing to myself pretty loud in the shower and in the car. (laughs) I mean, I yeah, I actually do enjoy singing, so that part of self-love has been fine. Um, yeah, but you know, men in the West, and especially America, like we're conditioned to only express ourselves one way, and that includes our voices. You know, a lot of straight guys like to keep their voice down where they don't have an expressive voice at all and just keep it exactly where it's at. You know, you want that really monotone voice because that's something that's not going to be seen as effeminate in any way whatsoever. And whatever. I'm going to use the full range of my voice because I love my voice and I have an expressive voice. So what? You know, so what? Now, one of the downsides is that once I did discover my voice and learn to love my voice, it immediately became apparent which people in my life never respected me having a voice. You know, whether that's writing me off as my mother's son, being like, oh, you're just mentally ill like your mother, or saying, wow, you've changed. Well, too bad. This is the version of me that you're stuck with now. You're stuck with the version of me that stands up for myself and speaks up for myself. And 
I'm not going to put up with, uh, you know, any of the silencing that I've been put through in my life. I'm done. I'm done with that. And realizing that, it puts me in such a great empowered place, you know? Once you've learned to love your voice, who's going to stop you, right? People can't take it away if you use it and you value it and you love it. It's yours, and it's yours for life. All right, that's it for now. See you soon. If you wish to contact me directly or have your question featured in a future episode of the podcast, you can send me an email at tqrpodcast at gmail.com. Or find me on Instagram, TQR Podcast, or my personal Instagram, Ricky Dementia. That's R I K I Dementia. Thank you for listening. With love and gratitude, signing off. <laughs>